It's back to school season, and what better way to be studious than by starting your own website? GoDaddy.com has hosting plans starting at just $3.95 a month, and no matter what plan you choose, your site receives 24-7 maintenance and protection in the GoDaddy.com world-class data center. Plus, as a MuggleCast listener, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out, and save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. This is Professor McGonagall welcoming you to all to MuggleCast, hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce MuggleCast to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Because after careful analysis, we have determined all you really need is Disc 4 for new content in the Ultimate Editions. This is MuggleCast, episode 181 for September the 26th, 2009. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 181. We're back with a fabulous panel this week. The lovely Laura Thompson is back on the show. Hello, Laura. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome. Laura, I have lots to talk to you about because now I have been to Universal 2. <gasps> really? Now we can talk together Oh my god, it. that's so exciting. Yes. <laughs> did you eat at this restaurant? So did I. Yay! <laughs> Uh, and Eric and Micah are here too. Hey guys. Hey everybody. Hey. <laughs> and Nick's going to be joining us shortly. Nick was on last week, and uh, he'll be on shortly. He's just running a little late. So we have a good show for everyone today. We're going to talk about. There's been a lot of DVD news and stuff, and we're going to take more of your Twitter questions and all that. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. I've been listening. Uh, I listened to an old episode of MuggleCast in preparation for uh, you know the, the the this week in MuggleCast segment uh, on today's show, and I miss the days when you would you would be like, or I would throw it over to you in a cool way, and then you would throw it back to me in a cool way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when I used to pre-record the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would go like this. Micah Tannenbaum standing by in the MuggleCast News Center with the latest <laughs> Harry Potter news stories. Micah? And then you Thanks, would, Andrew. There you go, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you wrap it up the same way, too, at the you end know, of the news. Think, I was just thinking that, it, we, you know, we used to start the show and just talk randomly about something and then get into the whole, we got something cool for you. Right. Like, we used to say, like, pick a topic, and we'd, like, pick a topic. Yeah. And I used cool. to. I used to, like... Every week, I would be, I would nonstop throughout the week in between shows. I would be thinking, thinking about what topic we'd open with, <laughs> just random. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it is kind of hard. Like, how do you just start 
talking out yeah. of nowhere. You know what I mean? And yeah, so. it worked too a bit. I mean, because uh, like like us, you know, our listeners were you know come from all walks of life and always have something other than Harry Potter on their minds as well. We're giving as- away these show secrets here. We never plan the intros. <laughs> the news is pre-recorded. <laughs> People are going to stop listening to the show now. I know. Just wait till we tell them that our documents were never done until five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> well, you know. And, and even then, sometimes during recording. <laughs> <laughs> I just moved a couple things around two seconds ago. <laughs> it's always changing. Um, anyway, Micah, what's going on in the news? The uh, DVDs, you just talked about that a little bit, but Half-Blood Prince is set to be released here in the U.S. on December the 8th. Uh, the U.K. gets it a day earlier on December the 7th. And then it's going to come out in Australia on November the 18th. So they get it, um, you know, a couple weeks earlier. Right. And uh, there's, at least here in the U.S., there's going to be a one-disc DVD, a two-disc DVD, and a three-disc Blu-ray DVD combo. <laughs> and that, I can't keep track of all this. <laughs> the third disc includes, the third disc of the Blu-ray set includes a regular DVD? Is that right? I honestly don't know. They sometimes do that. Well, I yeah, mean, I do. know, like, a whole disc is devoted to, like, the digital copy that they do. I mean, a lot of... Right. A lot of times with the box sets they advertise you know a whole disc i know with the ultimate editions one disc is like the digital copy of the film that you can like put on your computer and never on any other computer and you can't edit it or touch it but it's there on your computer and taking up your hard drive space and you've already bought the dvd but you know if you want it on your computer that's if that kind of thing interests you get the ultimate edition eric do you have any insight as to why the dvd would be released like three weeks earlier in australia since you used to live in new zealand no usually andrew um usually Everything in Australia comes out um, either later, like I mean, movies months later. But all the all the hit movies come out more or less the same time as the U.S. And in fact, that allows it to be a few hours early, even. Like for instance, I mean, they got it at uh, book seven came out at like eleven in the morning as opposed to midnight. But that was the same time. I mean, that was the same exact time we were getting our books in right. London. But it just doesn't. I wonder if it's like a holiday thing or whatever. I guess. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's probably because school's out. I think oh. we're actually um, trying to think. I think I saw when... somebody comment something like that. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the summertime. Perfect. That That's the, so, yeah, it's like a summer release and I guess oh, it happens okay. sooner. So God, it's probably Australia just... is so weird. Summer in November? I mean, what what are they doing down there? <laughs> God, why are you south of the equator? Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> why. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, so what kind of features is it including? Well... Micah? Micah. <laughs> oh, features. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about those. Well, yeah. we have the J.K. Rowling documentary, A Year in the Life. That's going to be on the DVD. That's good. I'm glad to hear that's going to be on there because now everybody can see it legally in the U.S. Cause, like, well, it, it was on here uh, a couple months ago during yeah. the summer on yeah. ABC, I think it was. Yeah, you're right. But all those other countries can see it legally. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, it, it'll be nice for everyone to have a hard copy of it. I'll watch it again. should be cool. And then also an uh, sh- 11-and-a-half-minute segment or something like that uh, for the Wizarding World theme park. Right. That'll be cool. And that's going to be new stuff, right? Yeah, that's what they're saying. At the press event I was at last week, they <laughs> they were like, we're going to have this 11-minute look at the theme park on the DVD. Here, you guys get a sneak peek. 
and then they played the clips that they played. It was literally like a five second montage, and they were like, "Wasn't that cool?" It's like, "Uh, no, it was five seconds." <laughs> but it looks like the theme park look is um based on the clips they showed at this press event. It's gonna have like. Um, they showed this very quick clip of the trio filming something for the theme park. We don't know what it is yet, obviously, but I'm gonna guess it's for whatever was, whatever is going to be in Hogwarts Castle, uh, the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride that they revealed. Um, and we'll talk about this later on, but what I learned by checking out a lot of rides at Universal is that they really love to include people, uh, in uh from the movies that the rides are based on uh so i'm sure we can expect a lot of uh cast involvement in these rides as well right and then uh i think you had a list of some of the deleted scenes from the movie that were going to appear on this dvd and uh, then there was also possibly a look into deathly hollows is that true or am i I think that that was rumored i think that was rumored uh, but the deleted scenes came out. They were kind of leaked by the uh, British Board of Film Classification people, dudes. And uh, did we talk about this? Was it the scenes or just the titles? The titles. The titles. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Oh. I screwed that up when I wrote the news post, too. <laughs> I was like, check out the scenes, but I didn't mean that. I meant uh, just the, the titles. But I'm trying to find them right now. If you'll excuse me for one minute. Here we go. Um... Uh, the scenes, the deleted scenes on the Half-Blood Prince disc. I think we haven't, we forgot to talk about these. Um, Harry and Hermione walk through Hogwarts Hall. Harry and Hermione discuss the Marauder's Map. Harry, Ron, and Hermione discuss the Vanishing Cabinet. Harry and Dumbledore arrive at the cave entrance. <laughs> Harry and Dumbledore leave the cave. Clouds gather over Hogwarts as Flitwick conducts choir. Harry joins Ron, Hermione, and Ginny in the common room. And Harry and Hermione discuss Ron at the Astronomy Tower. So. They're they're waiting for the ultimate edition of Half Blood Prince to add the scenes like Harry and Dumbledore talk about the locket. Harry and Dumbledore talk about the cup. Harry, yeah. Harry and Dumbledore talk about Horcruxes and figure out what he's supposed to do next. A lot of discussion going on in these deleted scenes, but uh, yeah. yeah, they don't seem too interesting. I'm not no. gonna lie. Yeah, I gotta be honest. And the dog I'm, agrees too. Yeah, that dog. He's <laughs> he's always chiming in. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Micah. Well, to kind of go along with Half-Blood Prince, there's going to be two Ultimate Editions that are going to be released on the exact same day. So if you're in the U.S., it's December 8th, the U.K., December 7th, or if you're in Australia, it's November 18th for Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets. And Eric, you started talking a little bit about the features. I guess we can begin with Sorcerer's Stone and then move on to Chamber of Secrets. But is this a little bit too early, though? Do you guys think that they should have waited for the movies to all be completed and then gone with this ultimate no. edition idea? What what I don't like is them putting them having a box set of the Harry Potter films. I hate that. I freaking absolutely hate that more than anything Why? in the world because you know there's going to be 7 or 8 movies. And so buying, like, they have that collection of movies one through five. And it's just absolutely ridiculous because that's not even, I mean, that's like half the, half as many movies as there will be. So you get, like, this, the first five movies on DVD. So you have the, I just don't like the way it's and packaged, you know. You just have the, instead of having the DVDs together, you have this box. And the box doesn't fit where regular DVDs are supposed to fit on the shelf because it's a box. (laughs) That's true. And it's, it's not the whole, I mean, it is. It's absolutely, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it, it just does, it's not for me. It's just not for me. But. The 
as as for Micah's question, the the ultimate additions, in my opinion, are great, and I don't think it's too soon because. Um, what I like most about it is the feature that they have that's going to be the progressive eight-part documentary. And I think it's about time. I mean, what they've done by, by releasing the first two, I mean, they released the first two at the same time. And then I guess the next six will be, you know, over what they've done is they've given themselves time to, you know, every season, every holiday season to, you know, to release the next set of ultimate edition movies, you know, with all these new features that we've never seen before. And, and they're not a box set, so that way, you know, they are. It doesn't matter how many there will be because, you know, they're they're each five discs of their own, and they just focus on one movie, and it's all it's all pretty. Well, let me just go through them. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Go through the features just, just to mention them real quickly. I know Andrew, you kind of hand selected these ones. There's a lot more than just these, but but these are the these, big things, right? Uh, there's an introduction by Dan Radcliffe. Um, to the many special features for the Harry Potter films. Ooh. Creating the world of Harry Potter Part 1, The Magic Begins, discover the story of how one vision for the Harry Potter films came together out of limitless possibilities to create the visual world we have come to know and love. Uh, an in-movie experience with director Chris Columbus and WD- WB Maximum Mode Movie Picture-in-Picture Picture Programming, Ooh. cast walk-ons, focus points, graphics, and more. Maximum mode. What does that mean, maximum mode? No, I have I mean, no idea. <laughs> maximum it mode. It means Sean Biggerstaff just shows up. That's that's massive mode. It's like you're watching the movie and he's like, hello. So, like, so that's on Sorcerer's Stone? or That is on Sorcerer's Stone. And what's on Chamber of Secrets? I, but that's Chamber maximum for me. Secrets, I can't take it anymore. Uh, creating the world of Harry Potter Part 2. Characters explore how the cast and creative team of directors and designers take the characters descriptions on the page to the actors performances on film mm. and you also get screen tests of dan radcliffe rupert grant and emma watson which i'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to um and then the first look special from hbo that was aired back in 2002 now I think the first Who cares looks, about that. Well, I think that's cool. I mean, I don't even remember that first look special back in 2002. The screen tests are going to be very cool, I think. And there was a trailer for these ultimate editions that was released um like last week, a few days ago, that we posted on MuggleNet as well. And you see a quick clip of the screen tests and it looks pretty cute. You know, Dan, Emma and Rupert very young uh before they even started filming Sorcerer's Stone and they're like I can't remember what scene they were screen testing, but obviously magic was happening because, you know, they were really impressed with all the kids. The question I have for you guys and Laura is, why do you think the screen tests are on the Chamber of Secrets Ultimate Edition as opposed to the Sorcerer's Stone? I mean, and and things like, you know, this HBO special, which will be cool, it seems like they were kind of pulling pulling pretty hard to get these five discs worth of special features on the on well, the chamber. And when they and when they say five discs, I mean one of them is the the digital copy disc, but it seems like it just makes sense to me that the screen test would be on the Sorcerer's Stone Ultimate Edition. Yeah, I agree. I don't really understand why it's on Chamber of Secrets. Well, I think um they're trying to you know, they have seven well I guess they they may have to put out eight ultimate editions. Um, so they, they have a lot of space to fill on all these discs. And really, I think it's a cool idea to, to archive all these 
documentaries and everything. I mean, I think it's nice to have this first look. This is an easy way to archive all the great Potter stuff. But why have it on the Chamber of Secrets DVD and not the Sorcerer's Stone DVD? Well, maybe they filled up the Sorcerer's Stone one and they're like, okay, right. we'll stick to this one chamber. It, nonetheless, they're coming out at the same time, so. Yeah, well, yeah I, I do. I do understand what you're saying, though. It is kind of yeah. odd. And by the way, Nick is joining us now. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Not too bad, sir. I'm late. No problem. No problem. I uh, Just one last thing to say about the Ultimate Edition. I think, I think these, at first I was like, uh, we we talked about these on a previous episode when the covers were revealed, and I wasn't too thrilled about them, but now I think they are pretty cool. And the prices are okay. And my other question How is... How much are they? Well, they're thirty nine ninety two on DVD ah. and forty nine ninety nine on Blu-ray. I guess it is a lot. <laughs> I mean, I needed I need a new... I need a new <laughs> need Sorcerer's Stone and, and oh. Chamber of Secrets well, there anyway. Go. There you go. I don't my need one's one that good. bad. <laughs> <laughs> It is expensive when you factor in the fact we've already bought the DVDs. Right. Once. Yeah, exactly. They should well, do, do you thing. still have your receipt of your, your original <laughs> DVD? Because they, they could offer discounts, but who still has that, really? Right. Yeah, that's that's one issue. There's probably one crazy person out there who hoards every receipt they ever get. <laughs> we'll get emails. My mother. <laughs> <laughs> All of our mothers. Um, when do you guys think Prisoner of Azkaban will come out? Because, like, you know, we got these two. And they confirm they're they are going to release other ones. I don't know. Maybe I mean, around the time DH Part One is out. Yeah, it makes possibly. sense. To you. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, when is when is a DH Part Two in theaters? Is that July eleven? Ju- July eleven. Oh, uh, two thousand <laughs> So you'll think that maybe if they are doing these ultimate editions, that they'll be completed by Christmas eleven. Or, yeah. or maybe even maybe later, actually, because if you think about the final movie coming to regular DVD before it hits Ultimate Edition. But regardless, I mean, that gives us about, what, only two years for six sets of DVDs to come out. Yeah. And, and um, let's remember, Warner Brothers, Ultimate means Ultimate. And the <laughs> definition, according to Google, is the finest <laughs> or most superior quality of its kind, meaning... <laughs> In 10 years, don't release an Ultimate Mega Superstar Edition. Ultimate is as far as you can go. (laughs) Yes, Ultimate also, the definition says, being or happening at the end of a process. Final. (laughs) This is why I doubt we'll get the um, Ultimate Edition at the same time Part 2, Deathly Hallows Part 2 comes out, because they're going to lose money if they release the Ultimate Edition straight away rather than release single editions, double editions, and whatever other editions they've got. Absolutely. Oh, Though, is, you guys are forgetting, true, yeah. you guys are forgetting, like, the 10-year anniversary, the 25-year anniversary. Well, that's what I'm saying. Ultimate DVD you can't do any better. So. Director's cut. Oh, <laughs> but, stop. But actually, stop. actually, that's the, that's the one thing you didn't mention, uh, Micah, is that they're actually releasing theatrical and extended versions. I mean, what it is is those, like, all the deleted scenes of Chamber of Secrets right. and Sorcerer's Stone that you see on ABC Family when they do the uncut is actually, you know, put back into the film where it belongs. And that's actually, that's actually another whole disc of each of these. They have five discs. The first disc, I'm looking at the extended press release here. The first disc is the theatrical version. The second disc is the extended version. Mm-hmm. Now, I know for a fact guys and this is this is not just devil's advocate maybe it is i know for a fact that i mean i have the terminator 2 ultimate edition 
DVD that they came with, and it's like actually it's like twenty minutes extra footage, but yeah, you have a choice. I mean, it's just one disc, one side of one disc, and you have the option of you know viewing the theatrical extended and it just puts the scenes in where they initially belong there's no need to do two separate dvds here this is kind of i mean this is kind of cheap uh in 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 my mind because they have a separate disc for the extended version of the film and it says right here on the press release for sorcerer's stone that it's only seven minutes of extra footage right well it's it's what we saw on abc when they were released uh, right and it's not know. new it's not right. new footage so no it's, but so in they, the trailer they do say the first time on disc so they're not totally fooling anyone <laughs> well, yeah well i mean they could do like i said they could do that in one disc and just have that extra seven minutes you yeah. know they have the dvds have that technology they have had it for but it's five ultimate years. they it's ultimate you you know what I mean? So you have to give everyone any version they prefer because it's ultimate. Well, in the end, I mean, if you look at the the disc breakdown, disc one theatrical version, disc two extended version, disc three is the same as or looks to be the same as the original disc twos of the Harry Potter DVDs with you know all the little interactive DVD games, and then disc five or disc five is the digital copy. Disc four is the only disc with new stuff on it if you exclude the second disc which is the extended version that's the one with the with the introductions you know with the the special documentary so actually i mean i'm thinking if you just netflix the disc 4 of this ultimate edition when it comes out and keep you'll it, have everything else I, you'll I have what you're saying you'll have everything else well and, they're trying to know. sell people by also including the book and you get pictures and stuff like that but you know. I, I know, it's just, I, I'm trying to think of how they could have better arranged you, this. I, I think it, it's it, good. It's ultimate. You can't, you're, they're including everything. They're putting in these nice extra features. I think it's good. That's my I opinion, I think they though. could have done it in three discs, personally. I think in order for it to be ultimate, it has to be at least four. And they went five, <laughs> so <laughs> we should not complain. Go ahead, Micah. What else is going on, for the love of God? To wrap up the uh, DVD discussion, there was uh, a little bit of a launch party that went on today. Woo-hoo! Um, with, uh, <laughs> Ivana Lynch and Matt Lewis. They released A Thousand Balloons off of Millennium Bridge in London, as I said, to celebrate the upcoming Half-Blood Prince DVD release. And they also kicked off a new contest. Yeah. And uh, just briefly to let our listeners know about that, the contest uh, that's open to anyone 18 or older in the UK is pretty straightforward. Find one of these black balloons, hopefully not tied around a bird's neck, that they launched today, <laughs> and follow the instructions on the attached card. Oh my God. I wonder- You'll then be entered into a contest where the winner will receive a trip to the Deathly Hollows set. Well, uh, where they will be turned into a painting. Yeah, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be in the film in a picture form. That's pretty cool. So wait, they release these off what the Millennium Bridge? Yeah, isn't that over water? <laughs> yes. So I'm wondering how many of these balloons got high enough in the atmosphere that they popped and then fell into the water. And then so if you're fish. a fisherman. <laughs> Then you have yeah. a good chance. Of- I hope these were I hope these were eco friendly balloons. Right, that's well, all I have to say. That's what I'm wondering. Didn't like the environmentalists go, Nick? Did you like turn on the BBC today and see any stories about this? Any protesters? I, didn't, unfortunately. I just wonder. Like, I'm I'm sure WB tried to keep them eco friendly, but it's it's a cute idea. And um, 
I wonder if any of our listeners or MuggleNet visitors found one of the balloons. It's pretty exciting. You know, I'd like to, I think it'd be funny to go release some black balloons with like these crazy instructions on them. <laughs> See if people do it. <laughs> yeah. Nick, run off to London, throw a, get a couple balloons in the air and write like, visit MuggleNet to win your name on the site. I don't know. Sounds like this a plan. Is, I just think, what if they release, like, what if you get a black balloon, but the card is, like, ripped off? Like, is there anywhere you go? Like, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I'm the, sure they the made card sure that weathered. the cards were on there tight. You know I, mean, I mean, they have to be waterproof, too. You'd go to the toilet. To I wish I was in London like this. I would have studied, like, the winds, the, the wind projection <laughs> for the day. <laughs> and found out exactly I'd be, like, where it would. I'd be, like, 10 miles down. The, I'd be on the top of Big Ben with a giant net just ready to catch one of these babies. Shooting them down. Yeah, just shoot. Yeah, shooting them down. (laughs) Take a black balloon and shoot the others. The moment Matt Lewis and Ivana let go of that whole thing of balloons, I would just take an AK-47 and burst all of them. And then go run and pick up like 20. Or do all of them have this on it? Yeah, they all got got a card. And people would go to the website, fill out their info, I guess put the number in or whatever that the card had that was unique on it. And they probably needed a thousand just to have the probability that a person would be able to get would one catch of these it. balloons. Yeah. 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 I wonder how many are actually going to be turned in, but well, yeah, they probably won't really set or anything. You, you should have just, you should have just tackled them as, as soon as they let go of the balloons, just tackle them and like jump over them and grab no! them all. And be like, <laughs> Give me can win, those like, balloons. Um, but also of interest is, um, a newspaper over there, uh, called This Is London. They did a little video interview with Matt and Ivana. And, uh, they talked about movie seven filming and they said it's going very well and they're keeping it very loyal to the book. And, you know, normally I'd short, I'd kind of rub this or, or, um, push this off like, uh, who cares? But the fact that Ivana's saying it, she's very happy with how it's going. We know she's a very true fan. Um, mm. she's very, she loves the books to death and she tries to protect him on set. I mean, she said that herself. She's, you know, tried to kept, she's tried to put her input in, uh, as they film. And she says yeah. it's going great. It's very loyal to book seven. Um, and they said they're putting a big focus on the battle of Hogwarts, which was an interesting little yeah. tidbit. Well, speaking Excellent. of Deathly Hollows filming, yes. uh, just a couple more updates. Uh, Brendan Gleeson mentioned that he is done filming, uh, Mad Eye Moody's role, so uh, good old Mad Eye has been killed off. Aww, and he won and a uh, what uh, an Emmy the other he night. He did. That's not that's, for Mad Eye Moody though. No, that's where he revealed that. So congratulations to him. It kind of sucks for the character. It's like I'm sure he's got like five minutes of screen time or less. <laughs> right, and he just <laughs> and went in dies. there real quick, died, and then left. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully and, they gave him a good lunch. Uh, David Thewlis, who plays Professor Lupin, he'll mm-hmm. be there through March of 2010, which is kind of around the time filming is supposed to wrap up, right? They're expecting right. spring 2010 to be the end of filming for this uh, movie. Yeah, somewhere in spring. I mean, there may be some pushbacks because, you know, filming problems or whatever, but looks like it's all going to be over in just six more months or so, which is sad. It's oh. crazy. I feel bad. I I wonder if like I they, they do you, I mean like what kind of party do you have to wrap up filming for uh, one of, of the greatest? Potter. Yeah, for one of the greatest greatest 
movie franchises of all uh, franchises of all time. I hope they do it in the Great Hall. It'd be so well, cool. they're all of age now, so <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it could be quite a party. But they're classy. Come on, the Brits are classy. They'll 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 do something that's fine. That's of the I utmost. Just... I think it's crazy when you think about the fact that Sorcerer's Stone came out in 2001 and we're going to have Deathly Hallows wrapping up exactly 10 years later. Like, right. that's just insane. I was 12 when these movies came out. Eight movies I'm going to be a years. college graduate by the time they're done. It's well, speaking insane. of that, um, in October of this month, MuggleNet will be celebrating 10 years online. And we have a few things planned for that. October. Oh. Emerson doesn't have an exact date, but he knows it's October. Uh, yeah. It it was October 1999. Um, so throughout the whole month, we're going to do some things to commemorate the 10 years. So look forward to that on the site. I want to have Emerson on MuggleCast to do a little interview with him because he's never been on the show. Yeah, for his first time. <laughs> Maybe he'll be like, hey, wait a second, I actually like this. <laughs> Where was I five well, years ago? He, he's done live shows, hasn't he, with us? Yeah, but, you know, they're not yeah. the same as a recorded. And you've Michael spied Kings. on him from time to time. Yeah, yes, that's that true. doesn't count. We'll have to where where is Emerson, Andrew? Are we going to do Spy on Sparks? Uh, I'm far away from him. I don't know. Huh. I can't tell you. Uh, go on, Micah. That's all the news I have. Do you oh. have anything else? No, that's all. All right. So let let me let me close it out appropriately since okay. you since you uh, threw the news to me earlier. Yeah, on. please. Yes. All right. That's all the news for this September twenty fourth, two thousand nine edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. Ah, see, you know oh, what? This man. is what, sorry, professional. This is what? No, no, no. This is what time does to you, Micah. You have to. You used to have more oomph in it. You used to be like, that's all from our news center in New York. Back to you. You're, quite like you're, you're confusing him with Mason. Yeah. No. Because the GoDaddy ad. No, there's... <laughs> all right, you want me to give it another shot? Yes. More all energy. Right. Throw some more energy in it. Well, I, I couldn't remember if I said the episode number or the date, so I was kind of like treading on it. Oh, it said definitely the date. was the date. You yeah. yeah, I remember that. All I right. think initially it was the episode number. I really all right, I'll do. give it another shot. Here we okay. go. All right. That's all the news for the September 24th, 2009 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. That's better. Ah, that's that's better. Better. Was anyone else tempted to interrupt that? <laughs> Just to have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, don't ask me. That was good. <laughs> good job. All right. You know what it is? I'm getting confused with when I intro the show. Oh, Because right. it goes to a really similar right. way of, of saying it. Yeah. Well, see, it is tricky. People, uh, see, we were saying earlier, people may think this is easy. It's not. There's inflections you have to put in your voice. <laughs> As opposed to the how to podcast panel that we did at Ask Address. What? Which was like, did we yeah, say it was easy? easy? Yeah, well, no. Actually, actually, I have to, I never told you how well thought out that was. And thank you so much for including me on that. Oh, no problem. Well, but it was fun. It was really yeah. fun. Oh, yeah, it was. It's always good to, cause people, I can't tell you how many emails we get from people saying, how do you got, how do you guys record? And I'd yeah. love to email them, but you can't, it can't just be sent in an email. It's, 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 yep. you know, so that's why it's fun to do that. Maybe we want some time. We're not allowed to record and release the ones at the HP cons, but I yeah. maybe one, ever, um, one day we'll do it under the table. You ever Blickle had a podcast? No. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I thought of doing a YouTube Blickles. video, but it's going to take some preparation. I'll do it eventually. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some announcements. 
uh, you guys have noticed that on episode 179 and as well as on this episode 181, we've been doing these, um, Twitter discussions, or not Twitter, but we've been asking people to send in, you know, questions via Twitter because it's a nice, easy way to, uh, get questions from you guys, the listeners. And hopefully nobody's thinking, oh, you guys are just, you know, making all your listeners do the work. But we do want to say that while we're, you know, uh, you know, sort of taking the easy route for these episodes, we're trying to put together, uh, a revamped chapter by chapter. Um, in the back, we're calling it book by book, book by book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We're we're gonna do something, but we are gonna try to bring it back, but not in how it was before. We're gonna we're gonna tweak it around, and it's too early to say what our plans would be yet because we don't have any plans finalized. But so look for that starting maybe on the next episode, on episode one eighty two. But just wanted to throw that out there that it is coming back, and we're gonna plan to start doing some more book discussions like that. Uh, we know people have missed chapter by chapter. Some people didn't like it, but I can't remember many. I mean, some people didn't, but we're going to bring it back in a whole new way this time. Uh, I think what you're trying to say is that Twitter is a great way to get a thousand responses in the first five minutes of it's posting. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Um, also, little reminder, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. We always appreciate your vote over there because uh makes people know in the podcasting community that we're still around and kicking and we can still kick your butt, ESPN. We're number six. That's great, Micah. I see the glasses We need to be full. number one. Well, come on. All right, That's well, true. vote for us on Podcast that Alley. That was so 2006. Oh, it was not. <laughs> no, you're probably right, but. Well, d- did I tell you about this? I got a, I got a message from somebody and, and f- I can't remember the person's name, but they, they took very seriously what I said. Remember, I, I came up with some statistics two episodes ago about Podcast Alley and how we had never been out really of the top five except for a couple of months, mm-hmm. uh, in this year. Right. And, and when I had said that, uh, you know, it, it was probably because our, our, our listeners were on vacation or something along those lines, they thought I was being serious and, and they didn't know that I was joking around. So if any of our listeners took offense to the fact that I said that you guys didn't vote for us, it was a joke. I wasn't oh, being yeah. serious. Um, also, you guys know we love going to uh, the Harry Potter conferences that are held each year in different cities across America. And the next one coming up is Infinitus 2010 in Orlando, presented by HPEF. Um, of course, it's too early to say, you know, if we're doing a podcast there or whatnot, but it is going to be centered around the new Harry Potter theme park that'll be opening, uh, just months before the, um, con happens. So, we encourage you to be there because we will be there. And it's always fun meeting the listeners. Uh, you know, we've met so many of them at the conferences in the past. You all know who you are. I'm picturing you in my mind right now. And uh, it's all. Oh, it- and they are all squealing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, it's a ton of fun, you know, meeting these people and doing the uh, how to podcast thing like we were talking about earlier. And do live podcasts as well. So go to infinitus2010.org. That's I-N-F-I-N-I-T-U-S-2010.org. And you can register now and make sure to get your hotel, too, at Universal. And, oh, my God, it's going to be a lot of fun. All these diehard Potter fans go into the theme parks uh, or go into the Harry Potter theme park to experience the rides together. It's going to be crazy. 
So, um, and, and put us in the referral line too. Yeah. When you register, there's a little box that says, how do you hear, hear of us or how you, whatever, <laughs> put, put in MuggleCast, please. So they know, uh, where you came from. And finally, uh, just one last little plug here. Um, a couple of days ago, I posted this cool thing on MuggleNet that I, uh, we created. Um, if, if you use Twitter, and you want to follow all the Harry Potter actors on Twitter, as well as the MuggleNet Twitter um, or the official Harry Potter Twitter, you can just um, go to this link, put in your login information, which is kept secure, and you will automatically be following all the Harry Potter stars. So for that link, just uh, check out the show notes on MuggleCast.com for this episode. Excuse me. And there will be a link there. And uh, you can follow all your Potter stars. Just wanted to throw that out there because it's pretty cool and easy. So you can follow and stalk Tom Felton when he's doing crazy stuff. He's always a fun person to follow on Twitter. Or Andrew. Or me. We have a separate list for people involved in MuggleCast and MuggleNet. Anyway, enough of me talking. Let's get into Muggle Mail now. Nick, could you take the first one there from Lizzie? We have a message here from Lizzie Becker, 14 from Florida. She writes... Hey, I've only become a listener of MuggleCast very recently, but I am already addicted. I just wanted to say I have to agree with Ben when he said Harry Potter should have died about ten times. I mean, really, how many times can you be uncannily lucky? Although that does not mean I would ever want J.K. Rowling to change the books in the slightest. I absolutely love them the way they are, but I thought about what Ben said and have realised, as usual, his genius is spot on. Lol. Well, love you all. If you read this on MuggleCast, I will be ecstatic. So there you go, Lizzie. Be ecstatic. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, uh, Liz, Lizzie, and I, 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 I agree with Ben in some ways. I mean, you know, he he should have died in so many different places, but he always he always lucked out. But then, of course, there'd be no story. So, <laughs> what are you gonna do? They say a lot was, of things in that book, Andrew. They do. Laura, can you read the next? To say it was just luck, wasn't it? What's um, that? It was unfair to say it was just lucky to live. It was a bit of skin involved too. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, you could argue it both ways, I think, just for, for fun. But yeah. And hopefully Lizzie knows that Ben wrote a book about this. <laughs> right. MuggleNet.com's <laughs> Harry Potter should have died. He believes it that much that he wrote a whole book. <laughs> Laura, could you read the next email? Sure. The next one comes from Julia Cassonen, age 15, of South Australia. She writes, hi, guys. I'm a new listener, but a diehard Harry Potter fan since I was eight. Just want to tell you guys that your podcast is awesome. I have thought about getting my kids to read Harry Potter, and I think I would probably do what my mom used to do with my sisters and I with the Narnia books. Before bed each night, she would read us one chapter of the book, but I loved them so much I snuck the book out of her room and read it all. I think that because the Harry Potter magic will never die, that this will still happen in 20 years' time. I remember being caught at 3 a.m. in the morning with a torch under the covers trying to read the next book before the morning, and I will be truly devastated if this love of the series is lost. I think that guys like you will be able to keep the magic alive. Keep up the good work. Thanks. There's a nice email about uh, yeah. keeping the books alive. With a torch? What is she doing with a torch? Un- it's a un- flashlight. Under her sheets. Oh. Like, they call them torches, I think. It's that, not an actual That's torch. a rather barbaric way to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to experience. I wonder what she did the next, like, 30 nights for like with her mom, like, if she had to go through the book again, having already read it. I mean, she said she liked it, but... You know, without telling her mom that she snuck it all and read it all, she has to <laughs> yeah. kind of right. sit through the same book again. I don't think I would have the... been able to resist myself. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, I already know what happens. Laura, um, we talked about this last week or two weeks ago. I'd be interested in get your opinion. How do you think 
Harry Potter will be t- discovered, you know, 10, 20 years from now. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? I definitely think that Harry Potter will be considered a classic. I mean, there's just not any question in my mind about that. I think particularly our generation has been so passionate about it that I would be very surprised if we didn't pass that on to our children. And I look at particularly like, I mean, on my campus, like we have classes that are devoted to Narnia, Lord of the Rings, and all these other different classic fantasy novels. And I just, I really definitely see the same thing happening in 20, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Well, before we get into our uh, main discussion, uh, looking at your questions that were sent via Twitter, I uh, wanted to talk with um, Laura and Nick to get their thoughts on the theme park as well. Um, now, Laura, I just want to start with you because you, like like we said at the beginning of the show, you and I have now both been to the Universal Studios. And what oh, was, what was your take on all the announcements that came out last week with the rides and the designs and all that? I think it all looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure there's much else I can say aside yeah. from that. But, I mean, definitely, I've been going... I mean, I was born in Orlando, so, like, I've been going to Universal Studios since before I can even remember. And... Uh, the last couple of times I've been there, just walking around that area they were converting, like I could totally tell what they were going to do with it. And it just all looked perfect. Everything from, I guess, what's now going to be the Dragon Challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And then I sort of saw like the beginning constructions of what I believe was going to be Honeydukes. And just it all looks really, really amazing. And I can't wait to see it in person. It's going to yeah. be so much fun. What I never realized was... The, um, to get to what is it called the the oh dueling dragons, um, mm-hmm. to get to that ride you have to walk on this bridge that mm-hmm. goes right through the Wizarding World construction, and um, of course the dueling dragons ride is going to be a part of the Harry Potter theme park. But like it goes right through, and you know if you try to look over these walls, you can see the construction. But you know there's a lot of um vertical construction too now, so you can see a lot of what's going on. Uh, and it was cool. And there was these little holes down at the bottom of the fence. And I wish somebody took a picture of me doing this. Like, I was on the ground looking through these holes just to try <laughs> to get a sneak peek of something. But what I can say is I'm pretty sure Hagrid's hut is finished. Because if you walk, if you're walking towards the Dueling Dragons and you go up this little path to the left after the bridge, you can walk up and get a good view of 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 the construction and right there in front of you over the fence are these little um pillar things that look like the top of Hagrid's hut so oh that's like, so cool yeah and then when they release that that sketch uh or the the concept art they have a shot of the flying uh, flight of the hippogriff ride and you can see in the concept art is Hagrid's hut so i was like oh one plus one is two there you go look at that hey i have a question for you is that like is it a wooden roller coaster? Like, yeah, they're redoing it. They're re- okay. Yeah, that used to be. I remember that was like a little like kitty ride. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what it is going to be as well. Yeah. Have you rode that? Okay. No. <laughs> Why do you laugh it was, off? No, because I was. <laughs> I'm too by old. By the for time that. they built Islands of Adventures, I was like 11 years old. Like oh, I was right. too old for a children's roller coaster. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I but mean, I'll ride it with you, Andrew. Yay. <laughs> I, I did not, when we went there, we, we got this tour, like, we got to skip all the lines. I did not ride the Dueling Dragons because I'm just too much of a girl. Oh my 
my god, no, it's so much fun. You're going to ride it with me. I'm going to make you ride it. Uh, maybe, maybe. But, um, and that's another thing worth talking about, Laura. Uh, that, that ride, it's built the, 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 the line. They're like, there's already a castle built there, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, the theming for that ride. So, yeah, I, it's really cool. Yeah, I was wondering if that theming is going to be what the rest of the Wizarding World is going to look like. Uh, like with the stone, the stone walls and all that. Yeah. I mean, did you go inside it? Yeah. At all? Just to okay, stand well, in where the air conditioning was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the theme inside of there is kind of more like medieval yeah, Merlin-esque yeah. stuff, but I think it would be pretty easily converted. Um, so it's exciting stuff to see uh, what will happen with with, yeah. with that. Nick, what what were your thoughts on it when you looked at all the art and stuff? Uh, my first thoughts on the press release was how um, detailed the um, buildings were going to be and how visually stunning it's going to be uh, going there. <clears throat> yeah. I just thought when you saw um, Filch's, uh, what, what are they calling it, his store? His emporium. His, his... emporium. The the, the the stuff on the shelves, it just looks incredible. And I mean, I, I think it's going to be amazing. I mean, it's, it is going to be like stepping into, into the film and I think that's going to be a fantastic experience for fans. I mean... My only problem with it was that I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to rides. As well, so <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be uh, enjoying the experience, but not participating in the rides. So gonna... Come on! There are only three rides in the entire park. Well, that's true. Guys, I probably will gonna, ride it. You guys just are going to not ride one of them. No, no. The only thing that's a thrill ride is that Dueling Dragons ride. So. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. But the one thing I learned about Universal being there um, the one day, like going around in the park, is the the attention to detail. And th- to be fair, Disney does do this, too. But the attention to detail in, in especially the Islands of Adventure or the, what is it called? <laughs> what is it called, Laura? Islands of Adventure. Yeah. yeah. I, OK. Um, the, our tour guide told us that the Jurassic Park area has 65,000 unique plant species alone 65,000 different plant species in the jurassic park area um that's unbelievable that is unbelievable i mean Uh, i don't even think hawaii has that many plant species (laughs) and that's where they filmed the the movie well hopefully they weren't lying to us but um yeah it's just pretty really really impressive um the amount of detail they put into the islands of adventure and i'm sure um you know they've been hyping up how much detail is going to go into the harry potter park and you know, they keep calling it a park inside a park. You know, just so much detail they're going to be putting into this thing. So, am I right in thinking one of the movie's set designers is involved in the yes. styling of the park? Yeah, I mean, they've been. I mean, Joe's been involved um, from the start. Uh, Stuart Craig has been involved from the start, and one guy who was there uh, at this press event, Alex Day, I think his name was. I can't remember what he he's been working on it too. He was one of the designers on the films and. He's been working on it too, so nothing short of amazing that project that's going on down there. So. You know, just a thought. I wonder in five years when the Harry Potter exhibition um, is done touring, because they said they were going to at least initially do it for five years across the globe. I wonder if it'll come to rest in Universal. Yeah, maybe. I mean, nice. I mean, the other thing is they have room to expand this um, and this this area. I mean, you know, they're not like packed in a city. Uh, so they could easily grow this down the road if they wanted to and add, you know, a permanent exhibition or whatever. So, And also, the Whomping Willow, I forgot to mention this, the Whomping Willow 
I'm pretty sure that's going to be in the park because you can see it on the map right next to the bridge. But I'm just remembering now, I think our tour guide or somebody told us that the Whomping Willow is already there. I wonder how they're going to do that. Oh, it would be so cool if it moved, wouldn't it? Jeez. Yeah. That would be way cool. It would be even cool if it had the car sticking out or something. It'd be even cooler if it hit you. <laughs> even cooler if it ate cars for breakfast. <laughs> it took you away and spit you out in like the Jurassic Park area. The rides in Universal are fantastic. It was, it was yes, they cool. are. So should be fun for everyone. Um, all right. So let's move on now to our main discussion. Let's get into your Twitter questions. We asked everyone uh, who follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mugglecast to send in more of your burning questions that um, we have yet to answer. Um, and here's the first one from SN1357. He or she writes, What do you think would have happened if Harry would have chosen the Hollows over the Horcruxes? Would the book ended? Would the book have ended the same? Hmm. Laura, That's a what very do you think? good... Uh, wow, I like how you throw this one at me. Well, because you um, were the first to ponder... No, I just, it's a very interesting question because that was a very integral role, um, particularly in the King's Cross chapter. Right. Where Dumbledore was sort of talking about Harry having the choice between Hallows and Horcruxes. Um, I mean, I think definitely given Harry's personality, I don't think he would have been as vulnerable to sort of the power complex Dumbledore had with the Hallows. Um but either way, he became the master of death at the end of the book anyway. So yeah. I'm not really sure if it, if the ending would have been different. The journey would have been different. Yeah. Right. And also, like, Harry was a Horcrux in the end, which mm-hmm. kind of skews that. I mean, he doesn't really have a decision because either way, I mean, he's being a Horcrux and not a Hallow. He kind of had to... I mean, I think the way that... It, it resulted was, I mean, if, even if he had chosen Hallows, I mean, I'm trying to remember, but wasn't the, the ring, um, it, it didn't really bring people back from the dead, did it? No, I, I mean, it, it, it was didn't. basically, it was like people from your memory kind of had like a, a physical existence, but they weren't really even supposed right. to be there. So they were manifestations of yourself, basically. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a good tool to have, but I think in the end, it's good that Harry went with Horcruxes because, um, because it, you know, accomplished more. I mean, it's kind of like looking in the mirror, Arisette, where you just it doesn't really do you that well. Um, though he's always had the invisibility cloak to guide him through his journeys to find the Horcruxes. So I don't know. Do that that way. Well, God, my God. In a way, though, he did use the Hollows to his advantage. I mean, he kind of inadvertently chose them. Um, especially when he kills Voldemort, um, but not knowing that he had one in his possession since, you know, he first arrived at Hogwarts, I thought was kind of interesting too, that he had this invisibility cloak and he never actually knew what it was until, uh, you know, book seven. Yeah, that was cool. That was, that was a great thing for JK Rowling to do, to just hit us with that. And then, you know, I mean, it's in, in book one, there it is. And same with Dumbledore's wand. Really, but I mean that just that that wasn't even mentioned for the most part until later. I think the the Hallows were not in. If he chose the Hallows, I think it would have it wouldn't have been in his character um, to 
intentionally become the master of death just because I feel like the hor- the horcruxes was the more heroic thing to do and Harry's a hero and right because I mean, they were forced upon him right and it's interesting we're contrasting these two where if you have all the hollows you're the master of death but Voldemort is the one trying to be the master of death and in do- and he d- he does that by making all these horcruxes so I mean it's a it's an interesting situation that Harry was put into ch- you know had to have to choose which one of these were more important to him but they you know Voldemort kind of sought both Hallows and Horcruxes and you know as a result Harry couldn't really choose either one for himself I mean he had to he had to kind of go after and track down both because Voldemort had the Horcruxes and was now looking for the Hallows Hallows yeah. Okay, uh, next question. Another interesting question from V-Dork. If you could change one thing about the series, what would it be and why? Just take some thinking. Mm. It's very critical if you had to change one thing. You know what? Honestly, Mm. I still to this day, and I know people are going to jump on me for this, am not crazy about the epilogue. Mm. And not that I don't think an epilogue should... I know some people have ventured to say, like, maybe she just shouldn't have done an epilogue. But really, like, when you read book seven, and if you just imagine the final chapter where he says, you know, I've gotten into enough trouble for a lifetime or something like that, that's actually a very good ending. Right. Um, I think I would have been happy if it had ended there. Or if the epilogue had been on par with the rest of the book because i just feel like it was so evident that the epilogue had been written a very long time ago i guess the best way i can describe it is you know writing matures over time and certainly her writing did that and it it feels like it was something that was written when sorcerer's stone was written in that same kind of mindset and it, it, it i agree with laura it just didn't go with the way deathly hollows was written and I think I mentioned this on an episode uh, previously, but th- I think everyone just got their hopes up too much because we had been hearing about an epilogue for so long. Everyone just started theorizing, like everyone sort of got this one impression in their mind of what it would be. And then it wasn't that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but. Uh, well, that- everyone thought it would be a tell all. Right. Right. sort of thing where we would find out what happened in great detail to all of the characters but really what we were given was just a snapshot in their life 19 years later right yeah and i mean you know getting a tell-all thing would have been very exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> or got everyone very excited and sure i mean there are other ways to close canon and 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 definitely fleshing out what has transpired in the last you know however amount of time is like 19 years yeah would have would have been perhaps you know, more satisfying to some fans. Right. Yeah. Nick, uh, any, uh, well, we still have to go around, but, but Nick, any scene you would change? Uh, I would change the, I don't know how you don't feel about this, but when I was first reading, the very first time I read the Harry Potter books, um, I actually stopped reading after the first chapter because I found Of the it, first book? Of the first book. I found <laughs> it quite slow and uneventful and I couldn't get into it. So I know I'm going to get hate mail. So um, well, I mean, but, but so I would ch- I would change that. For me, that very nearly stopped me stopped me reading the rest of the series. And I I because she had another one another chapter she was going to put in its place, and I would have preferred. 
I'm no writer, uh, but I have to think that opening a book must be very hard because like personally for me, I, I'm, I'm never immediately intrigued by the beginning of a book and maybe I just haven't read enough books, but I, I, unless you throw in something really shocking from the very, very beginning, which is hard because people don't know your story or characters, uh, you know, I don't know how they can make it immediately. I understand now that it's necessary to to introduce introduce the characters and everything. But I mean, as a youngster, I was, I was naive and I didn't read a lot. And for me, at the time, it was hard to get into. And knowing that she had the chapter which she later used in Half Blood Prince as uh, the opener, I would mm-hmm. have preferred that at the time. I mean, now mm-hmm. they're wonderful. I'm happy with that's yeah. I I don't even think I remember the first time I heard because like my teacher read Sorcerer's Stone to us when 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 I first started in that that was my first like read of the book when my fourth grade teacher read it to us but I probably wasn't even paying attention because like I was probably staring at cute girls in my class or something <laughs> but uh anyone else I'm still trying to think of one well, the, I, I agree uh, with the epilogue it's though, hard. yeah it is. it's funny that you say that Nick too because like the first chapter of book four was the first thing I read and it kind of confused me because, you know, they mentioned Wormtail. Yeah. And I was like, what, you know, what's Wormtail? You know, having not known that Wormtail was Peter Pettigrew, et cetera, et cetera, I was like, oh, it's, you know, the Dark Lord Wormtail. The, you know, what are these books really about? And uh, I actually, you know, I didn't I didn't read anymore until after the first movie came out. Um, but it's funny you should mention that, you know, kind of intros and how to... And Andrew, that's very insightful about how to intro, you know, a book or a series yeah, it like must that. Be, it's got to be hard. Yeah. Um, I, I think the one thing that's bothered me is, um, this may sound very immature, but when a book doesn't start out with, when it starts out with something that's not Harry Potter, uh, and of course, Order of the Phoenix and Goblet of Fire both did, did that. And I didn't so like did that. Half Blood Prince. And right, neither did Half Blood Prince. And I, I didn't, oh wait, Order of the Phoenix did, sorry, I made, I made yeah. Goblet of Fire and Half Blood Prince. Um, it, it bothered me. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It just—it's like a lame way to start the book, in my opinion. Really? I just because really I want to see those. I want to see Harry. I just want to open the book, and it's Harry. I, but the rest of her world is so fleshed out that it would be an absolute insult to her writing and the world that she created if right. she always focused on well, Harry. I mean, I—I I thought at the beginning. So- you can some least... of what, yeah, some of my favorite chapters of the Harry Potter series take place either without Harry or, you know, I mean, yeah. things like the other minister, just I because of her writing chapter. style. Yeah, and I love, and I actually, I, I love the first chapter of the first book. I think it is her humor that 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 drives you in, and in fact, I mean, you're you're really reading the story that she's narrating more so than you're reading the you know Harry's story. Right. So well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't like scenes that don't have Harry in general. I'm just saying when a book opens and Harry's not there, and maybe it's just the child in me, like, cause, uh, I'm sorry, but I have to make a, a, a Disney connection. There's a show at Disneyland and Disney World called Fantasmic. And, and the very first thing, the lights go down. And there's just this like, da-da! And Mickey just pops up from underground and there's a spotlight. It's just like, Mickey! When I open a Harry Potter book, I just want to go, Harry! Yeah. Not, oh, the other minister. Yeah. Not like ditzing around I'm with a, brooms. I'm or... a child, so. Yeah. I don't know. No. That's, um, <laughs> can I go? Yeah. 
I would change. Um, I kind of have like this two two thing. I would change one of two things. I would pro- I would not make Harry a Horcrux. I think that really just made the entire series a whole lot more uselessly complicated. The fact that Harry was like some kind of eighth Horcrux, and I I, I thought it was basically I thought it was explained enough that there was something that accidentally happened. You know, the night that Voldemort lost all his power, and I. I can take that, I can be satisfied with him, you know, transferring some power, but from what I understand, I mean, making a horcrux is like an involved ceremony ritual, and that you can't really, I mean, it seemed more complex than it could be just done accidentally. Making Harry a horcrux, I thought, was was like a not, uh, it wasn't necessary. I thought making him a horcrux was done to kind of give the end to like how Voldemort and him could finally beat each other, which leads me to the other thing I'd change if I if I could change one of, you know, these two things I would make. I guess I would make the prophecy make more more sense or at least be more clear as to because I mean the the whole thing was like, oh, does the prophecy matter? Well no, Harry, but only if you take it to mean that it matters and PS Voldemort is taking it to mean that it matters. It just it never there was never any kind of other I mean the prophecy was a physical thing once and there was never kind of any uh repercussion or 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 you know something that Harry couldn't do because it would screw up the prophecy or the space-time continuum. You know, I I, I thought that, that those were the two things that I that I didn't like probably most about the events of book 7 and I Fair would enough. change. Yeah. Micah, <laughs> lastly you, what what <laughs> I've had a lot of time to think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so no excuses. Well, I mean, I agree with what Laura said. I, w- I would like to have a different epilogue, and I gave, or none at all, for that matter. Um, um, but, you know, aside from that, I mean, maybe just a little bit more into certain characters that were, that played such a, ended up playing such a prominent role, like a Snape or. You know, even some of the Marauders to get more of a story on them uh, than we did, um, and also not to kill Dobby. <laughs> oh. Wow! Oh man, on. I death just thought of death. something else too. What? And you guys probably should have been expecting this of me. Department of Mysteries. What the hell? Oh yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 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 That, Maybe see the veil. I'm holding. If if there's no info on that in an encyclopedia, then. You know what's going to hit the roof. I mean, yeah, or or the fan. You you decide. Yeah, it's going to be bugging Micah for like a year. Well, it's just overdue, <laughs> and yeah, I, I totally <laughs> right, Laura. Um, and you know, while we're on the topic, I'd be very interested to hear what our listeners would change. Um, so feel free to email us with your your thoughts about what you would change, and maybe we'll read some on the next next week's show because that, that that could easily be a whole main discussion in itself. Um, next email is from. Raccoon Girl. Uh, what professor in Hogwarts, excluding Dumbledore, was most influential for each character in the trio? So let's start with Harry. Uh, putting Dumbledore aside, what Snape. professor... Snape for Harry? Yeah. yeah but I influential? I oh, mean, it... Yeah. He I... named his child after him. That doesn't mean he's most yeah. influential. <laughs> Well, actually, actually, you know what? You're right. Like taking into account like book seven, and that Snape turned out to be good, that was influential enough to give Harry make him name his son that. You're right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, like during the course of the actual like book series before your hated epilogue, um, I, I it would probably be Lupin. I guess. Uh, you know, I, I could argue um, for McGonagall too. I think that she she had a big influence on him. Remember, she was the one who 
gave him Quidditch early on in in the series. Yeah. Um, and she also uh, she she was a, played an important role. I mean, she kind of gets overlooked a lot of times. Yeah. And, you know, there's that whole scene in Deathly Hollows too, where right. uh, he he I forget which Carrow, but he he puts the Cruciatus curse on one of them for for attacking McGonagall. So yeah. so McGonagall, and, Lupin. I think Hagrid was uh, maybe not an influential, but I guess the top would be as we just discussed McGonagall, Snape. Lupin. How about Hermione? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Every teacher. Yeah, she didn't really bins. connect with one teacher. We just say bins. <laughs> well, let's think. Did, did she con- connect with any teachers, really? Not Trelawney. No. <laughs> but sort of, um, I mean, McGonagall helped her out with the time turner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's not like influential. This but... is a good question, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is good. This is Twitter. Twitter surprises me. I th- well, I mean, and if we think that's hard, uh, how about Ron? <laughs> Dumbledore, um, but you said excluding Dumbledore, Dumbledore, but that's yeah. the thing. Like, I think Dumbledore had a pretty profound impact, even though, like, Ron and Dumbledore never speak. You know, I mean, <sighs> what about Ron? Yeah, that kind of makes me sad. Poor Ron. Like, Ron just gets included in all of this just by virtue of the fact that he's friends with Harry and Hermione. And and, and, and what did Dumbledore <laughs> give him for in his will? Uh, something something to save that, his own ass what, oh, after he after that, he abandoned everybody. Like it was the put out. Like hey you, I know you're gonna abandon the trio. So here you go. This also has magical teleportation properties. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like. Like seriously, he's like what? <laughs> yeah, but what? I don't know. It's not like they had favorite professors, really, the other two. No. It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, you can even, with McGonagall, you can go further. Didn't she say that she would do anything to make Harry an or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and she's the one who initially said, you know, oh, Harry, what are you doing not taking potions? And she, you know, reminded him that he could now take potions because Snape wasn't teaching it. And Slughorn was. So, I mean, and that's, you know, movie and book. She made sure he was on the right path to be an or. You know. Yeah, for the other two, I really don't know. That's a good question. Me neither. I I would I would say McGonagall for Hermione just because of the time turn of thing, just because that was really important for Hermione to take all these different classes, and of course, it played a a big role in in the end of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. This next tweet is from Rollo Dude. How do you think Hermione's character would have changed if J.K. had not made her an only child? She'd be even more intelligent because she'd compete with the other child. To be yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a blessing. <laughs> Maybe Hermione had a younger sister or brother or older sister and brother. She just killed them. <laughs> what? I don't know. She would have probably <laughs> had asleep. more social skills than she had initially. Yeah, she yeah. was very yeah. awkward. But but academically, I agree with you, Nick. But I think you could also argue that she wouldn't have been so lonely. So she wouldn't have spent so much time being studious prior to Hogwarts. Yeah. And at the same time, like Laura said, being more socially capable. And if she had a sibling, odds are it would be a muggle sibling. Because, I mean, remember, both their parents are muggles. And, right, right. You know. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Um, it would have tied her down, you know, I think, to the, to the muggle world even further. Um, I think it just would have been more baggage. Yeah, exactly. But also, I mean, very interesting, and a parallel to Lily, who had the muggle sister, but... The Muggle sister resented her. 
Maybe that's what I want Joe to change. She should have had Hermione have a little, have a daughter, or have a sister. A little sister. That would have been so cute if she had a little sister. Who never shows up because the book is never set outside of Hogwarts or No, but what if she was, what if she was a witch and she was like the complete opposite of Hermione? Like she was like one of those emo (laughs) girls and she didn't study and. She showed up at Hogwarts in Hot Topic garb. (laughs) Yeah. Harry Potter Hot Topic garb, mind you. (laughs) Oh god. All right, so there's some Twitter questions for you. Uh, next week, like we said, for a main discussion, we'll get back to either chapter by chapter, that may be a possibility. And also, I think it's high time we uh, do some movie commentaries. I think that'd be fun. So, yeah. Uh, but that would obviously be an entire episode. That wouldn't be, you know, just like yeah. a main discussion. <laughs> that would be fun. We were kind of at Portis, you know, because they were running the movies all weekend. Ascatraz. So, yeah, or yeah, Ascatraz. I'm sorry. Portis Ascatraz. So many cons. Names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we would just have them continually playing in the background, and we just, like, sort of have our own running We basically commentary. did our own commentary, yeah. <laughs> Most of it was, oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of it was a little inappropriate for the show, too. but Right. Uh, okay. But, um, Eric has a good uh, listener challenge idea. I like uh, mainly because I'm a fan of this game that you're involving. Good. Can you explain that quickly, Eric? Uh, yeah. The show's yeah. very long. All this talk about the Harry Potter theme park, and I know it'll it'll have like three rides. I used to play Roller Coaster Tycoon, the Me too. PC best game, game ever. Yeah. Best game ever, and I'm talking about the original one. The the second one was there was like the original had two. Um, expansion packs. It was like Loopy Landscapes was the the second one, and Corkscrew Fives was the first. Anyway, I'm I have a competition. My challenge for this week, the listener challenge. I know I made a, a few Harry Potter. I tried to make a few Harry Potter theme parks, and I want to see if any of you guys did too using Roller Coaster Tycoon, the the first one with the two expansion packs. So if you did, and if you still have that ga- uh, save game file. If you could send that to mogocast at gmail.com, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to play all your uh, theme parks that you guys created uh, using that, and <laughs> kind of have like some, some sort of competition. Well, because like, I mean, I like, you know, did Fred's Fries, and you name your right. roller coasters, like, you know, any number of things. But, you know, I'm going for creativity here, and, and I was never able to come up with like a really satisfactory well, thing. I, I Also yeah. try to recreate the Harry Potter theme park they're building. I mean, now we have a map, so... Well, we See, do have a map, but I, I'd prefer that it had more than three rides. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, start so, with the three. I'd be interested to see if somebody can recreate, like, Hogwarts and... Oh, I'm sure. Just Hogs like there's me. a master at, like, Facebook Graffiti, there's got to be masters at Roller Coaster Tycoon. But yeah, I okay, so the only... Th- the, the thing is, um, you guys will have a month to do this, so I'm going to kind of... I'll let you guys know the results at the at the end of October. So you have some time if you want to go back and play your old game and and try and come up with it. Um, I'm accepting that, and uh, it's just Roller Coaster Tycoon One. It's not two or three or however many they have now that are 3D and all sorts of crap. Just the original, um, and with Corkscrew Follies or, or Luby Landscapes actually uh, expansion packs, and that'll be a challenge that I'm running, um, and we'll have some sort of uh, top five or. Competition. Mogocast at gmail.com. Okay. And uh and then we'll you can take screen caps of the parks too, so we'll put those online. Oh, absolutely, for, yeah. For Yeah, everybody. and maybe maybe even offer the, the save game file for download, like if they <laughs> there you go. reach our top because they're there's just like small files. Right. But Okay, well it's time for this week in Mugglecast history. Um and this was a this is a good week to bring this segment back. We haven't uh, done it in a few weeks. Um 
Back uh, September 18th, 2006 was episode 57. And this was uh, what some could argue was a cursed episode because we had recorded it about a month prior. But it took us a month to release it because of um, some technical difficulties. And when we recorded the next episode and called it episode 58, people were really mad that we skipped uh, naming the newest episode, episode 57. But we didn't call it 57 because we still had a 57 recorded. Um, and people accused us of skipping an episode number just to keep up with the amount of uh, episodes podcast had. And that wasn't the reason. <laughs> we just wanted to hold a spot for this episode for whenever we got it out because it includes some references to 57. Um, so, like I said, it caused some controversy and... Uh, it's funny because th- I got really angry when people challenged me. They were like, you're just trying to not skip an episode number. You're never going to release it. You're lame. So once I see it, I started seeing that. I put episode 57 out the day after 58 because I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove you guys wrong. So anyway, here's a funny moment from that show. And I encourage you to listen to the episode. It's a very funny one. Um, and this was Ben and Jamie. We all remember the subway challenges. And, uh, oh, God. <laughs> we all remember Ben and Jamie. Here's Jamie and <laughs> setting that up. You guys got to announce we a, do. a okay. major announcement. Okay, it kind of... Um, I think it started one day when I was hungry in the morning, and I went to Subway, and I got a 12-inch Subway melt and a 12-inch tuna f- f- for later on, so I could eat it later. So I came home, I had the uh, melt, then about four hours later, something like that, I had the tuna thing, and I got online and said to Ben, Ben, I've just had 24 inches in one day. Don't you think that's impressive? Ben, they commented back to me, it's okay, but I've had 36. <laughs> now, we always want to go one better than, you know, what we've done. Yeah, so of course, thought, everything, well, everything's know. a competition with us. Exactly, so. yeah. So <laughs> we thought, let's go to 48. But of course, why go to 48 if you can go to 60? So that's our challenge for California. We're going to do the 60-inch subway challenge. Hopefully, each this is us. going to increase. Yeah, yeah, each of us. Hopefully, this is going to increase by 12 inches every time we go on one of these, one trips. Of these trips. So, so uh, <laughs> if we're still still doing live podcasts instead of 2020, we'll be doing the 1,024-inch challenge, which <laughs> yeah. could get a bit difficult by then. But uh, we could be more experienced. So, uh, <laughs> so that's a little moment from episode 57. <laughs> the cursed episode. I even titled it, This Episode is Outdated. You people challenged me, and I proved you wrong. I all forgot right. all about that episode. Oh, yeah, it's man. Funny stuff when it's you listen crazy. to the old times. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a great show. Those those Twitter questions in particular were excellent. We'll have to keep doing that more. <laughs> I don't yeah, care if it looks like really a cop good. out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, mugglecast.com is the site you can go to to find all the information you need pertaining to the show. Uh, most importantly, to contact us with your feedback. We love getting emails about the show. And, you know, of course, this week we challenged you to submit your theme parks and also submit what you would change about the Harry Potter books. If you had to pick one thing, what would it be? And feel free to send us feedback about the other questions as well, because they all um, have they all could could provide interesting answers uh, to do that. Just go to MuggleCast.com and click on contact. There's a feedback form. Or you could email any one of us at our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Uh, we also have a P.O. Box if you'd like to send us anything there. It's P.O. Box 1752, coming Georgia 30028. And also on mugglecast.com, you can find links to follow us on Twitter, fan us on Facebook, vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley, 
You can also join our MySpace, YouTube, Frapper, Last.fm, and the fan listing in the forums, which are over at MugglecastFan.net. So again, it's been a great episode. Thanks, everyone, for for listening. And uh, once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Mike Tenenbaum. We'll see you next week. Nick Myers. Oh, God, Nick, I almost forgot about you. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine. Uh, You guys are terrible. (laughs) Do you want to try that again? No, no, no. Poor Nick. No, uh, I, yeah. No, cool. I'm so used to Micah and then bouncing off of Micah. We'll see you next time for episode 182. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 And Micah, that's where I got that idea for your intro. Now listen, listen to your intro back then, and tell me you, tell me intro to what the news the or show? the oh. rap. Hold on, let me find it real quick. That's all the news. Wink, wink. For the September eighteenth. Hold on, let me rewind news. it. Isn't this news. is a bad example? Because because you did that. Reverse. Yeah, never mind. Because you did that. That was that. That never mind. It. That's just a special case, but. What am I saying? I'm high. You can't Somebody say save me on this show, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the other show. I, I'm rushing because I have class in 40 minutes. Um, oh, okay. Let's wrap it up.